0: Hello, pod friends, and welcome back to another episode of Wait for It, Wait for It, Wait for It, Pod Friends. I'm your host, Matt Scott, and I am thrilled to be here back with you to have candid conversations with people in this RHAP community who. I hope that we'll all get to better know by the end of each and every one of these episodes. So last week's episode was with T-Bird. I hope that you loved it. It's been great already seeing feedback and the love for T-Bird. And I am thrilled for you to hear from none other than. Really, my friend, Grace Leader, who is part of this community, part of the class of 2020 in RHAP. And more than anything else, has probably covered like more podcasts and topics than a lot of people in RHAP. And this was one of the things that I really appreciated going into this conversation with Grace is that even last week when I previewed, previewed the episode, like there was so much I left out that she's. Talked about and focused on. She's the host of the Off Speed podcast, uh, which is more focused on sports. Here on RHAP, she is the co-host of the Hold Up podcast with Hudson. Has is the host creator really of the Pride Has Spoken, which Evie Jagoda and I are part of. She has hosted multiple. Taskmaster games and I've been able to podcast with her about games like Black Widow Brigade shout out to Alex Gardner um, who's the creator of Black Widow Brigade and Survivor Philadelphia but also um, a lot of you know shows that dive into some more serious and queer topics like Heartstopper and Euphoria and Pose and the list goes on and on and so I had to have that all listed out to remember. But I think the thing that I love most about this conversation with Grace that I realized in real time is Grace is such a member of the community. And I think a lot of what she shares about her journey, not only did it resonate with me, but I think for a lot of folks who are listening, you'll probably hopefully be able to see yourselves in Grace where... You know, none of us are just one thing. Like, grace isn't just trans. Grace isn't just, um, someone living with type 1 diabetes. Grace isn't just, you know, all of these other things that we might other, you know, have other people define us by. I think grace really shatters this idea that we could only be one thing and that we're only identified by one thing. And there's so much complexity in each and every one of us. Um, but the other thing that grace really shows is just like why this community, why these shows, these podcasts and the conversations we could have around them um, matter so much to each of us, even personally um, when it comes to our mental health and wellness and our growth and everything else. And so I love this conversation with Grace. I adore Grace. And, um, there's so much to dive into, but. Before diving in with Grace, I just want to say that um, I hope that you are subscribed to the podcast. Rob has a website dot com slash pod friends feed. And I hope above all else, you know, there are lots of things I could encourage you to do. But check out the show notes because that's where you could figure out where to follow Grace, where to follow me, where to connect with pod friends on social media, on email, one of the things I want to plug this week is that you could nominate a guest. And if you haven't done that already, or even if you have go to bit.ly slash pod nom that's B I T dot slash pod friends, nom in order to um in order to nominate someone who you want to hear from in this RHAP community. Those have been insanely helpful to me as I've built out the guest list for this summer of pod friends. I didn't, didn't even realize that it was going to be the summer of Pod Friends, but I guess it's the summer of Pod Friends. Move over, Big Brother. And uh, just on top of all that, just want to encourage you to leave some reviews and especially to tweet me at MattScotchyW. Tweet me at Hey Pod Friends. Um, tweet the link to this episode out. Sharing is caring. Let the people know what you're thinking and how this story resonates with you. How Grace's story resonates with you. So. Thank you so much, everyone. But uh, without further ado, I want to dive in to the conversation with Grace. So, <clears throat> making their way to the podcast, hailing from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. You know them from the Offspeed podcast, the Hold Up podcast, the Pride has spoken, and podcasts about Black Widow Brigade, Heartstopper, Euphoria, Pose, Pro Wrestling, And so, so, so much more. Please give a warm welcome to the gifted, gleeful, grounded, glistening, glorious, graceful, gracious, Grace Leader. And for a second, I thought, you know what? Maybe my first interview question is, Grace, how are we starting this podcast? (laughs) But I mean, it could be.
2: Uh, Conan O'Brien Grace, always what? does um, like uh, uh, the guests will always say like I'm Grace and I feel blank about being Conan O'Brien's friend. And that's the beginning of every every episode.
0: Do you want to do that?
2: No, we can't steal Conan O'Brien's bit.
0: Why not? Is he ever going to listen to this? No, Probably he's never going to listen not. to it. But... Thanks Grace for uh, rubbing it in.
2: No, and... I'm saying you could, but what I'm saying is you could come up with your own every time I want to be creative with a pod and then I'm like what if I just do it the exact way everybody's done pods forever?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is, well, you know what? It's, it's interesting because you have so many different podcasts and you've done, so, you've had so many different podcasts that I feel like, so I feel like like the good news of this is I'm not nervous, but the mm-hmm. bad news is I don't know where to start because That's I'm just like, you know what, Grace, how about you start out this podcast and just, I mean,
2: just start? I'm Matt Scott, and is that what you wanted? Sure. Mm,
0: no. I or didn't. you could do yourself. Like, I mean, you could be Grace.
2: Mm, I, yeah, I've been Grace for like about five years now. I think five years. <laughs> uh, it's been going pretty good.
0: <laughs> oh my god, this is wild. Okay, wait. Let me look at my notes here. I'm yeah. looking. <laughs> I'm trying to get momentum into the podcast. It's good. Like, um, I think we're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. This actually might all be in the podcast, bro. Okay, things, so. sure. I don't, Keep yeah, it. I don't know. I mean, it's recording, so that's the point. Um, you know what, Grace? Maybe like this is the best place to start. Mm-hmm. You want to? You want to hear where the best place to start yeah. is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, actually, no. I have a, I have another way to start. Okay. So, Grace, if you were me, what question would you ask you to start the podcast?
2: Um, I see. This is I've said this a lot that I I feel like I'm very basic. I have very basic takes, so I feel like my answer would be. You start at the beginning,
0: right? Start at the beginning. What, where's the beginning?
2: Yeah, either the beginning of my life or the beginning of me podcasting, I think, is the beginning, right?
0: Well, that's a good point. What's your birthday, Grace? <laughs> you don't have to give us like your, you know, I'll your give social you security don't number care. and everything. I, but
2: yeah, August 25th, 1991 is a Sunday. Uh, yeah. What time? Um, I think like the morning. I can. Never, I asked my mom once. So I don't really.
0: Uh, I was born 10, 18 a.m. So were you born like 10? I hope you were born at the same exact time that would be cool are you um, looking it up do you have like a spreadsheet my of all mom these messaged about me you? so i think oh. i
2: could i could look up what time i was born uh if I mama leader my, yeah mrs leader she's principal
0: <laughs> mrs leader mm-hmm. you're mrs leader's baby girl we yeah. love that, that yes uh, gosh uh, yeah, So
2: 147 in the afternoon i lied i was not a morning baby i was uh i was an afternoon baby yeah. interesting sunday yeah. afternoon do you know how long your mom was, was it
0: was in labor or like you know
2: no i don't know that one was it no.
0: c-section or no I, or?
2: Don't, I don't know i don't i don't <laughs> think c-section i don't think wow okay
0: but actually the question i did think about related to start at the beginning is like mm-hmm. i'm not good at signs and like what people's signs are are you a person who's like tapped into your sign and that type of thing
2: only my own, like other people will, t- like if somebody else is yeah. like, oh, I could never be like, wow, that's so Aquarius of you. I have no idea. But for me, are you
0: an Aquarius? No, I'm a Virgo. See, you just completely threw me off there. What and does that mean? What does that say about you, though, so that you're a Virgo?
2: The things that I often, so I'm not super into horoscope sign, but I, I think they're interesting and I like, I like when mm-hmm. people are into them and then can explain them about me because I'm very egocentric. Um, yes. And I, love it. I I do like when somebody, so the things that people have told me, like, oh yeah, that's cause you're a Virgo. I very much like routine. I don't really like change. I like mm-hmm. things like orderly. Um, you've podcasted with me a, a yeah. bit. You will notice that like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very rarely late. I don't really like, uh, to you're be always late. early. I'm always early. I'm like one of those like, if you're not early, you're late type people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would message you if I'm running late, it's like I'm two minutes late. I'll still say, hey, I'm running yeah. late. Um, I don't like things changing last minute. I like them like everything in its little box and neat and organized. I love rules, um, huh. which I think my mom being a principal like might have helped with that, but like, it's a, re- a lot of the things I love are very rule structured, so sports and competition reality shows and board games. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons has a ton of rules. These are things that I like because you have structure within the thing that you're playing and enjoying, and I really like that
0: do you have like a personal set of rules like do you like do you have like a are you like the david bloomberg Um, this odd friends episode because it kind of sounds like it
2: do you know what i kind of do have rules in terms of like i mean uh you know i live with type 1 diabetes but i do so this is like helpful for that but i do like to eat at the same time every day i often eat at least for breakfast i very i often eat the same thing um for breakfast i am someone who like very much sticks by like you're not really supposed to eat like chocolate or candy or have like a pop, uh, in the morning. Yeah. Like you have to wait for the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't mind a breakfast for dinner, but I'm very much like those are lunch foods and those are dinner foods. You know, this is like, these are the rules in which I sort of live my life. Yeah.
0: This is fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just visiting my nephew like a few days ago, and he's three and a half. And we were playing, and he has like this ice cream toy set. And I was, it was the morning, and I was just like, "Mmm, I love ice cream. Give me more ice cream." He's uh-huh. like, "You can't have that. That'll make your tummy hurt." And yeah, he, I feel like you two would get along. He's, like, I think, a we would. Bit of a he's a little bit of a, a stickler, if you ask me. Not Do as you know, fun as you.
2: I, th- I think a thing people might not know, but I am, I am, ex- I think one of my best talents in the entire world. Uh, and I always think this might sound weird. I am very, very Uh-oh. good at entertaining children. Um like oh. supremely good at entertaining children. Uh I worked at summer camp for a very long time. Uh-huh. I have most of my best bits are bits that will work on children. Um I just it's just the thing I think I'm very good at. And I I I used to work at summer camp. I don't work at summer camp anymore. We've been in yeah. COVID, so I can't even volunteer. So I don't see a lot of children other than my nieces and nephews. Um but I would happily entertain like a group of uh, ch- I once was asked to come and just be the entertainment at a 10 year old birthday party because <laughs> uh, these were kids who came to camp and their <laughs> parents were like, you just like we don't need to hire a clown or like a Disney princess. If you right. could just come and organize games for our kids and just hang out with them, that would be great. So I'll do things like, you know, sometimes yeah. Matt, I'm sorry, on this podcast, I'm going to wick up my murds. Sorry, I'm going to mix up my words. Whoa, uh,
0: whoa. Yeah. <laughs> my, you don't want to know what just happened to my yeah. brain right there. It yeah. was, uh, was my favorite lunchtime myself.
2: food. This would be a lunchtime food I put in the lunchtime category would be chilled grease. I'm sorry, yeah. grilled cheese.
0: Oh, uh, whoa. Whoa. See? see? <laughs> Are you a yeah. stand up comedian and we didn't know it?
2: Only for children. I think I could be an excellent children's stand up comedian.
0: So I will yeah. say, one of the, I ha, for whatever reason, I have an enduring memory, I think from you on the, Renap taskmaster podcast mm-hmm. you know because there are people doing their tasks and you and rob are casually talking and i feel like rob said to you like grace do you do improv and you're like no i've never done improv and i'm like grace you literally are constantly doing improv like that's <laughs> yeah, what you, the podcasts yeah that's are. That's true. It's like
2: uh, I feel like the more the more I've been podcasting, the more I've been, uh, you know, in uh, the rehab community and the PSR community, the more that like I think it's it's maybe not great how much people will see how my brain works. The best example of like a bit <laughs> that I can't turn off is this oh, no. one that I've I've accepted Josh Wiggler's brain on, which is so say like someone's having computer issues like I can't hear it like, oh, you have to turn it, turn it up to max volume. Say, like, mm-hmm. who is max volume? Um, and so the first one ever, I think
0: my computer,
2: I know the first one ever, I think Josh was saying like, Oh, like I'm going to play copyright music. Don't sue me. I said, who Sue. Uh, and so once you see it, you just mm-hmm. can't turn your brain off from seeing it. But I feel yeah. like people are getting an insight into my brain is always sort of like, looking for the way to like make a joke work or to like work things back around. Um, If I'm not like kind of maybe being serious and even then uh, I feel like I'm, I'm almost halfway into like improv joke mode uh all the time so i think it's a very good observation um that like i'm kind of constantly doing improv i think well thank you that's that's
0: actually lived rent free in my head for months and months and months and months so i'm glad that i could let it out but you know what okay we're gonna come back to the summer camp thing we're gonna come back to the games we're gonna come back to um just all of that in a second Mm -hmm. but i do want to point out to you so I had a form asking people like who do you want to see on Podfriends and you were actually one of the most requested people oh. on this. And I'm I have some of the comments because one person oh. said Grace is so quick, witty and funny. And wait, hold on, let me read this again in the way okay. like to emphasize because there were all caps. Yeah, do Grace it. is so quick, witty and funny and she's Canadian. That's true. Mhm. That is true. Someone else said, I love her brain. She's so quick, so witty. I don't these are different people who submitted this, by the okay. way. So quick, so witty. I'm incredibly curious about her engagement, involvement with post-show recaps and RHP. Also, mm-hmm. now curious about the sports podcasting that you do. And then yeah. someone else mentioned wanting to know. So you have a lot of fans out there. That's I I very much appreciate it. I was,
2: you know, I was a very, very shy child. And mm-hmm. I think that where my brain like the reason my brain works in this way is I'm I'm constantly watching. Um my coworkers would Ooh. tell me uh that they would sort of delight in the, the idea that I would normally come into work and I would say they would go, uh so who did you see on the subway today? And then I would explain like, oh there was yeah I saw this like incredible person on the subway today um that was just like, you know, did something kind of weird or had something like, weird
0: what's an example of that
2: well so my, my favorite one that i would normally tell is one day there was uh there's a daycare on the way on the streetcar to work and all mm-hmm. of these kids got on the streetcar like lined up like a single file and as they were all in the aisle and on the on the streetcar ready to go the like driver like jammed on the like you know started the thing and they all fell over like dominoes and they were all okay Sorry. they were all
0: fine oh, well i assume that's why i laughed
2: Yes, they're all great. And it's just like, I just like watching people. And I was a very quiet child. I'm, I'm one of four children. I have three brothers Mm -hmm. and I was very, very quiet as a, as a kid. It really wasn't until I went to summer camp that I became much more like out of my shell. Um, and so I feel like I watched. People a lot. I like watch and observed. Um, I watch a lot of media and, 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 you know, I love being up to date with culture. So I feel like I'm sort of was like taking everything in. And then now that like I feel like. I feel so, like, honored that anybody would want to, like, listen to me um, mm-hmm. and, like, hang out with me and, and choose mm-hmm. to, like, click on a podcast that I'm on for, like, an hour and a half um, and listen to me. Um, But I feel like I'm getting to, like, use all of my watching ability and then, like, get to actually regurgitate stuff mm-hmm. out that I think, you know, I've always thought, like, selfish. I do think I'm very funny. I think that a lot of the people I grew mm-hmm. up with. Um, I gravitated towards people who have very similar senses of humor. My brother, Drew, my best friend, uh, we have very similar senses of humor. And it's like my mom hates uh us being together in the same room because we're oh just doing that thing where we're like watching and waiting for you to say something like kind of wrong and for us to like jump on it and make a joke out of that thing. Um, I don't know. And I, I think also like my childhood was like, I'm very privileged. There's a lot of ways in which I had a lot of privilege. We were like very much like a middle to upper class family. But we also had a fair amount of turmoil i have a, a brother who has addiction issues i have a brother who uh, mm. has went to, to prison and so i feel like i i've i've my therapist has helped me realize that i don't always need to be funny but but yeah. humor was certainly a thing that like i just felt like instead of being sad why don't we try to be funny and sometimes that was like suppressing sadness which like yeah. is a is a problem i think i've now figured out like there are times where i can be sad and I, it's okay to be sad or serious or angry or whatever but i still devote i think much of my time and life wanting things to be fun and funny um because that's how that's what i want to do with my life
0: I think. yeah it's so fascinating because you just said a lot there yeah, was a, a lot things. in what you just said yeah. and i was like you know what throw out the notes throw out the, <laughs> throw out the notes wait hold on I have more utensils to throw I don't throw know why you
2: you started a podcast with a bunch of you were going to interview a bunch of people who love talking and so like, I feel like uh trying to like have interview <laughs> questions and notes for these podcasts might be a little bit futile for you man. well but it's you're doing a great because job I, so
0: I never yeah. thank you I appreciate that I never really stick to the questions or I like yeah. use them as a way of saying here's what we're gen- generally going to talk about and then I just go off off of there I'm like okay at least you know at least you're a little yeah, bit prepared yeah. but you know like there's so much there and i think well like let's uh start at the beginning as you would tell probably tell me to do mm-hmm. in terms of the organization the linearness of it yeah. like what were you kind of like growing growing up or what like oh. what was that like where did you grow up i know you grew up not in like toronto toronto no. but like in a small town yeah. and i, what I grew was up that?
2: about two hours so it' an hour and a half uh, north of toronto in uh, mm-hmm. a place called the city of Cortha lakes specifically in a Ooh. village called woodville which is very very tiny um about, how many people it probably like uh, you know i always remember the sign saying 600 people i think they're probably closer to like 800 <laughs> maybe a thousand now but very very tiny this is the type of place where like everybody knows everybody um i was a very quiet kid my mom uh was a principal and for a little bit was like the um sort of not a principal uh you know worked at the school i grew up at um i was you know that rule follower thing that's very much me um annoyingly so because my mom worked at the school i'd often get good grades and people would say only because Mm. my mom worked at the school so i was kind of relieved when she actually like I think I was in like grade five or six and she actually uh, became a vice principal and moved to a different school. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. But like super, super quiet. Um, there's a story my mom will tell where going from grade three to grade four in the Canadian public school system, at least in Ontario, you have to do a speech, a public speaking. It's to help yeah. kids. The number one fear of a lot of people is public speaking. So you pick a topic, you do a speech and at the end of grade three, knowing that in grade four I'd have to do a speech, I just told I told my mom I think I'm okay. I'll just stay in grade three forever. Uh, I don't need to graduate. I don't need to do a speech, uh, so I was deathly afraid of doing a speech um but also speeches were like you know uh you like spoke about a topic and yeah. uh you had to keep it within a time frame whatever I actually ended up being really good at speeches uh and did them uh, I think I won every year from except for my last year in elementary school, so I feel like podcasting in some ways like makes sense knowing that like I did like standing up in front of people um, and talking, but I grew up in this, you know, big household. There's four kids. Uh, I was the only one to not really play sports. Um, But when you are in one of four uh, boys in a family uh, in rural Ontario, you spend a lot of time at a hockey rink, whether you play hockey or not. Um, So a lot of my time was spent in, in hockey rinks growing up. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's like very fascinating. Look, I this is kind of like a thing that's that's gonna be really interesting about this conversation because like you don't make it easy to interview you in the sense that there are like so many different directions. And I just I stopped I just stopped earlier today and I was like, okay, well, we could talk about, uh, sports, the, yeah. the, the, the sports, whatever those are. Uh, yes. there's pro wrestling, which we podcasted yeah. about together. Yes. Then there's this whole world of like queer representation with the yes. hold up podcast. By the time this comes out, people will know about the pride has spoken. Uh, yes. there's also, uh, uh, po- the Pose podcast, euphoria stuff. And then we did like heart the world, heart yeah. stop. Uh, uh, see, we did Heartstopper, this mm-hmm. general world of like scripted TV. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like this world of games. And so we could talk about Taskmaster. We could talk yeah. about uh, Black Widow Brigade, which we podcasted yes. about. Shout out to Alex Gardner. Creator we are of on a
2: reality TV network, you know. And
0: then there's all yeah. the reality TV. Yeah. Or we could just go in the direction of Bond movies. And Type of Diabetes. We there's could so many there. things. We could talk about being you being trans. We could talk about all the things. So, I I feel like something I'm like very curious about is like how did like what shaped you into that person who is obviously so curious about so many different topics and things, and somehow Uh, time to talk about all of them in a recorded format. Uh,
2: I love culture. Um, I think that very culture, by the way. I'd say yeah. So um some of these things are just like i like things that make my brain tick in a way that like makes sense. And, and there's a lot of like parallels here i was saying earlier that like i think that like you know reality tv and and specifically i'm much more like if you notice the things i've been on i'm much more likely to be on something where this is a competition and somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose much right. more so than like the bachelor or the real world which like you know I, I love that people love those shows it's just not like what i am typically spending my my time on. So. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that relates to games and sports. I think there's a way in which, like, they're all rules-based things, right? There's, like, a winner and a loser. And you can, like, analyze be- whether somebody can be good or bad at that thing. And I think, like, if I, like, then extend to, like, the world of wrestling and, like, you know, scripted TV, um, I, d- I-, I do like to be judgmental. You know, I'm talking about that I sit and watch a lot of things, including, like, mm-hmm. people watching. Um, but I, you know, the idea of, like, I, I studied history at university. And I studied sociological, like, like society his, history, where, you know, I did a lot of stuff about like, you know, things, how we are as a society, specifically Canadian society. So like, why do parents choose to send their kids to summer camps? So I'm interested in like, why yeah. people do things. And so the thing for me about like, wrestling and and scripted TV that I think is really interesting is like, why do we watch these things? And then why do things become popular? And why do other things not become popular? Why did Survivor blow up at the time? you know it did why uh, did Lost become a phenomenon Um, you know Heartstopper like you know it's this cute little LGBTQ show and I you know Hold Up was a lot about looking at like the way that uh, queerness was depicted in culture at like different times and seeing if it now holds up um, and like analyzing that and how it like reflects our society in a way um, I think wrestling uh does that a yeah. lot and it's you know it's also this athletic sport that I just I was just drawn to it so much as a, a kid This like showmanship uh, of it um, but you know and they're pretty clear stories as well like good guy versus bad guy typically um, yeah. and so yeah I like stories I like and I like thinking about how all of this stuff like interacts with culture and society, which is why I think I'm drawn to like TV and a lot of stuff I like end up watching is really like the movie podcast, post wake up Mm -hmm. theater I do with Ariel. We both sort of like at the time when COVID was a little bit different and things started opening back up, we could watch all the movies that were in theaters, like all of them. Um, Like it was not, it's more than probably most people would go see, but it wasn't like there was an infinite number of movies. And so it felt like you could like have this, grasp over what society was choosing to like put in our movie theaters and what people and again like what our society wants to see at the moment um in a way that was really interesting and because we we're going to see a bunch of movies then we both end up being like you want to do a weekly movie podcast and josh wiggler handed us the keys to Poster recaps theater mm-hmm. and the thing i i still like about that i can't see everything now i feel like i'm like falling behind in yeah. some ways in terms of the amount of movies i can watch but i still like knowing like why is why did this get made and who is going to watch this thing, you know, Um, is it, really interesting to me.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like in listening to you, you are like such, you know, maybe more than potentially anyone I've interviewed so far. You are like such an encapsulation of like this RHAP PSR world in terms of like, when I think about all the people I've met who are patrons or who are community members, like we're all one, we, we, we're all really into the shows we're into (laughs) and the things that we watch. And, but also I think we have an appreciation for these things that doesn't, that other people don't have like it's survivor. For instance, like I've had conversations with people, even friends who are like, oh, I don't like Survivor. That's just a bunch of people lying to each other. And it's like, yeah. well, no, actually, it's a little bit more complicated than that. There are a lot of social dynamics. And yeah. so like so you mentioned, like the sociological aspects of things. And then pro wrestling is another one, obviously, where notoriously people will. Kind of uh, demean or degrade or look down on it. Like, and you know, there's there. pro wrestling has its reputation. I'm sure even people hearing it now who are not wrestling fans will have certain connotations with that. But then, you know, wrestling
2: has this unique culture, right. though, where it's like, yeah, it, uh, this idea that it's real, which is the thing that I think is always funny. People are like, my brother used to tell me this all the time. My one of my older brothers, he'd be like, you know, it's fake, right? Like, like all the time. I know you have told me it is fake. So I know it's <laughs> fake and I'm still choosing to watch it, but yeah. it has this very interesting it has its own culture around pro wrestling where there is this idea that like the lines between whether it's real or fake are constantly blurred in Mm. a way that is, is so interesting and so fascinating. Like I often like, that's the thing, you know, you do have a podcast about it where you're like, you're talking about more, you know, if it was just like, was that a good match? Mm. Artistically, was that a good match? Like that's one thing, but there's also all of these like lines that are blurred and people are like, some of the wrestlers are playing, you know, they're, they it's their actual real name like i could be mm-hmm. a wrestler that's grace leader but then i'm like playing this character and how much of it is me you know it's like it's such an interesting thing that again i think like I, i'm I'm a super overthinker as well matt I, uh, well,
0: if you I, haven't realized well i was like i i know the, i know this about you <laughs> yes
2: i i overthink everything you and i we we're planning a podcast series and like you know the, yeah. my, my brain will sometimes be like five steps ahead from where like I'm even talking at the moment because I'm overthinking through every scenario and result. And I think that like, for me, that's like, that's where podcasts come into play. It's like, Oh, I can like watch survivor and then think about it for, you know, seven more hours. I listen to Rob talk about survivor for seven more hours, even though there's only 45 minutes of content on the show. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's,
0: it's fascinating though, because as an overthinker, you're also someone, like I feel like some overthinkers do are not able to engage with a lot of content or a lot of different topics and things mm-hmm. and you know like i go back to your your um you just kind of setting up growing up and you mentioned like having a brother facing addiction issues and like mm-hmm. prison and these things and like even just starting there um and and then there's also like all the conversations that we've even had on podcasts on the pose pose podcasts on Heartstopper, Mm -hmm. probably on another billion podcasts i'm forgetting about where it's like about a lot of these heavy topics when it comes to queerness so you've mentioned like this fun light aspect of things but like how do you i don't know i'm almost like curious what your brain is like (laughs) when it comes to those like heavier things or how you navigate or negotiate those 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 things because it's a it's a lot like I would imagine yeah. that you've overthought those things as much as you overthink like everything else you know yeah yeah well uh I mean type I, 1 diabetes I, is another example like yeah. I feel like there's so much <laughs> Right.
2: I, I, I've said this a lot on like the poster recap stuff I've been covering because a lot of the stuff has been, it's been super, super dark in, in content. Like Heartstopper is like the antithesis yeah. to most stuff I'm, I've been covering on, on poster recaps in the sense of like, you know, it's dealing with, you know, euphoria that Amon and I covered was like dealing with addiction uh, issues and trans issues and sexual assault and all of these like things that are like really like dark topics one of my favorite shows of all time is literally called dark uh it's a german Mm. netflix show it's incredible it's a sci-fi time traveling thriller that also is pretty like dark thematically like episode one and no Mm. no spoil like this is like the catalyst for the shows it starts with like the suicide of a father uh, death by suicide Mm. like i think that um for as much as i love being funny and I, i the way that like stuff that's like much darker in tone can make me think like i like you know the way my brain is working a million miles a second in terms of like figuring out the joke to make um i think happens like in spite of me really loving like to dive into something that's like pretty um tough to deal with and again it's like i'm so like drawn to media and culture in that like um it helps me you know make sense of some of the stuff that like in the feelings that like i went through it's like you know i was like so a few i mean a few things so like yeah my brother um there were some years where he like tormented our family in terms of like his addiction issues and then it's another yeah. brother who actually like ended up going to jail when he was 18 yeah. and then i was str- i get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when i was 15 and really struggled with like the loneliness and being alone with that thing um and and being depressed and then also like you know thinking I'm, I'm, Oh, I'm a, I'm a gay man. No, I'm actually, no, I'm actually like a trans woman, you know? And like the things I had to like navigate through that, I mm-hmm. looked to media for like norm like feeling like those are normal feelings to have had during all of those yeah. things like euphoria tackled, I think, you know, the addiction, actually the addiction stuff and the trans stuff, like some of the best stuff I've ever seen on, on TV. And mm-hmm. so like to get to see it and sit and be like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, it sounds silly to feel like I'm relating to other people like through media but I'm like relating to the world and connecting to the world through all this media I'm watching and then also to get to do it by like talking through it with other people on podcasts and listening to a bunch of podcasts like that's sort of how I navigate through the world mostly Yeah,
0: but that's like again back to the thing I was saying about you and maybe this conversation being like the most RHAP PSR community type of conversation that, that you know that that I've had on pod friends it's that like Literally, I'm sure that like everyone listening is like, yes, this is this is what I'm getting out of these things. This is what like I'm connecting and not only not only seeing so much in the shows that we love and, you know, are obsessed about and, you know, obviously that we cover and talk about, but also they're able to then process so much through art. I, eyes mouths mm-hmm. uh what, mm-hmm. what what's the, what, yeah. the voices and yeah. our our commentary on all mm-hmm. of it which i think is kind of cool yeah. and you know i mean that kind of makes it, it brings me to a a question about um just sort of like there's so there's so much there and i don't want to mm-hmm. i almost I'm going to I'm actually going to pause for a split second because this is going to be a great place for me to add an ad break after yep. what I just said. But um there I don't Yeah, there's like there are literally there are a million I know. Okay, we're back from the break. Um <laughs> but literally Grace there are a million directions to kind of go in with this conversation from here, but something that I I want to kind of Hop back to is you know you kind of have brushed over some of the some of the more challenging things and and again, I think a lot of people could relate like that's one of the things I love about pod friends where mm-hmm. people. You know, I'll hear from people after the fact, like, "Oh, this person mentions like mental health or this kind of struggle or that kind of struggle," and I relate mm-hmm. to that. Um, but you know, on a lighter note, I actually wanted to talk about something that I think a lot of people in this community might know you for, which are games. And early in this conversation, you talked about uh, summer camp and yeah. Yeah. what you've done there and the games. Um, but I want to ask, like, what uh, what kind of games, like? would you bring in well i say bring into but like what kind of games would you introduce to that the community there
2: uh like in summer camp yeah um with kids well so like we did a lot of play, you know you have to entertain like you know our camp was pretty tiny we were a specialty camp so we were a camp for children also living with type 1 diabetes uh all the all the campers had had type 1 diabetes oh yeah so a pretty small camp um but I think there's like two things, the two ones that I, I love the most. So like, you know, there's all like the daily activities kids are going to go, you know, we'll send a group off to go kayaking or that kid. Those kids are going to go to the rock wall or whatever. Um, but there's two two times that I, I really love in the day. So one is like there's so much downtime, especially at diabetes camp. Because Mm -hmm. um, you, the kids all need to like carb count so that they know how much insulin they're going to take for their meal. And they actually like, one thing that like, you know, as a, someone living with diabetes, especially like running summer camp, I was a camp director. So I was a camper and then a counselor and then the counseling director. And then I became the camp director. That's my trajectory. And I didn't just, I ran summer camp, but I also ran family camps. So the whole family would come for the weekend. Maybe the kid was too young to camp or didn't know if they wanted to go. And I would run teen weekend programs, and day camps. So I did a lot of camp stuff. Uh, there's so much downtime at like summer camp, where especially at diabetes camp, because yeah. yeah, kids have to like, you check your blood sugar, and then you go to the board, and you're like, what are we going to eat? What, are, what, are, what am I going to have for lunch? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to decide before you eat, because the doctor needs to tell you, or your pump needs to tell you how much yeah. insulin you're going to have. So you have to decide, yeah, I'm in the mood for three pancakes today, because it's breakfast, and I'll have two sausages, and I'll have a glass of milk. And you have to count how many carbs that is. And so Mm -hmm. you have to do that with each one of your individual campers. And so there's a ton of downtime at camp. And what, you know, we had to like enforce with our, our staff is like, you have to be good at filling in downtime. The times where your kids are going to like act up are going to be when there's downtime. That's when bullying happens. That's when homesickness happens. You know, they're going to go kayaking and they'll, you know, they might think about it for a second, but then they're like kayaking or they're climbing the rock wall, you know, but it's like, the time where you're just like sitting around waiting for something to happen. So you have to be good. And so when I was talking earlier about like all the things, you know, the bits that I have in my, but like we used to have this thing, it's, you have to have your back pocket games. You have to have like these little things you can constantly be doing if you notice that your kids are like bored that you have to do. So like, um, my favorite game was like this game called Ninja which people might know where like everybody gets like a turn and you can only move like one movement and you have to try to like tag somebody else's hand and Mm -hmm. anyway it's really fun or there's like gaga ball where uh yeah it's like you're in a pit and uh, yeah it's it's great you like you know it's kind of like dodgeball but you're kind of like using like volleyball hands um so all the stuff that you could like do while your kids have downtime was the best and then i loved like camp-wide games and specifically ones where like you got to be super creative. So we would do like, you know, you would take a board game like Scrabble. And so a bunch of the staff would have letters on their, t- and they would run around and if yeah. a camper tagged them, they get to bring them back and then spell out, try to like spell it a word with all the people that they've had. Stuff for it was like, you could be very creative with the stuff you're doing or like, you know, murder mystery nights or things like that were like, for me, some of the most fun things I got to see, like, you know, we we created them and put them on for kids and then kids got to engage with them and have fun. So, um, yeah, yeah camp is super cool. Uh, camp is the best. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because I have, um, my best friend, Eric, he was diagnosed with type one diabetes, I think when he was 16 and we actually went to high school together. We were not friends in high school. We knew each other in high school. We weren't like friends in high school and, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, it's interesting because I am, So one thing I've I kind of noticed with him and then also with a lot of other folks who through him I've met who are who live with type one diabetes or with diabetes in general is that so many of those people one have like been involved in these types of camps. But also, well, unfortunately, a lot of people also haven't like found that community other than like the diabetes online community and all these things. But I I'm like fascinated because, you know. I wonder where the advocacy in your interest in advocacy and kind of doing that type of work started. I mean, obviously there's the camp, which you mentioned, which relates yeah. to that. And I know you work in like the diabetes advocacy space, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like what, where did that kind of pop up for so, you? Because you, yeah. I mean, like in many of the podcasts we've even talked about, there's a lot of like, Issues and I know you're a curious person, but like that doesn't necessarily always translate to action. And so I'm like fascinated by that.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, the one thing I'll, I'll just quickly say about like so yeah. specifically the camp I went to was uh is a camp for children with type one diabetes. It's like I went there as a camper as well. Right. I went when I was 15, and I got diagnosed with diabetes. And I was a rule follower. So they were like, you have to test your blood sugar three times a day. You have to take, you know, take your, uh, you know, five shots a day uh, more. If you want to have any snacks, you know, you mm. take a, a two shot, a shot at the beginning of the day, shot at the end of the day. And then before every time you eat and, you know, do all these things and you're good. And I remember like, it, you know, probably you meet with your doctor, at least in Canada and Ontario uh, every yeah. three months. And I remember going back and they were like okay, wow, great. You did all the things here. You know, I wrote down all my blood sugars and they, they tested my, like, you know, they do this test called an A1C, which tests mm-hmm. what your blood sugar has been on average. And, you know, you want it to be in a certain range. And so I'm, I just remember this meeting, the second meeting I went to where they were like, okay, you did it. And like, essentially then they were like, okay, do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Like, I kind of thought like I could do it and then I wouldn't have to do it. And so you know, I, you still a rule follower, so I still do it for a bit. And then it just got incredibly tiring. You know, like even very quickly, I remember, um, you know, being, having diabetes burnout. You're like, nobody else has to do all the things that I have to do because I got this stupid disease for literally no reason. Nobody else in my family has type one diabetes. It's so stupid that I got it. And it's so annoying. And you know, I was also internally—I didn't tell anybody this at the time—but I was dealing with like, I'm pretty sure I'm yeah. queer. I might be—I might even be trans, but like, I don't even know the word for trans. I was right. very depressed, and I had this moment um, uh, where uh, I took—I took too much insulin. I had had a lot to, to drink. I was at a high school party, yeah, and I took too much insulin and kind of like admitted at the same time, like, yeah, that was an accident, but also I don't really care. And so uh, somebody called my parents, and I got driven to the hospital, and that was yeah. the moment of like we got to figure something out. Maybe you should go see like the social worker part of your clinic. And that was okay. I went and it was fine for a bit. And then I went to camp and I met people who understood exactly what it was like to be going mm-hmm. through the stuff that I was going through. Uh, met people who even just little things like, does it suck when your blood sugar's low and you have to eat like everything in your fridge uh, because like you just like are so hungry. It's like, you know, and I was like, yeah, that does suck uh does it suck when your blood sugar's high yeah it does suck and just like being able to relate to people i often say like i was going to therapy after like i'd taken too much insulin but i really do think like going to summer camp meeting people who i'm still friends with to this day it literally saved my life um yeah like uh there's no it, it didn't change it like changed my life but it saved my life and so i'm very fortunate that i like got the opportunity to go to camp I meet all these amazing people and I have to think like people living with diabetes, I, I have a bunch of different things that I think like they certainly make my life harder. I'm very, I'm very privileged in many ways. I have like a good job, whatever, like, but being trans is hard and living with diabetes yeah. is hard. I, I got diagnosed with colitis a few years ago. Like that's really hard. Um, all of these things and every yeah. every through all of those things that I've ever sort of struggled with in my life. The only things that ever really made it better to the point that I was like, it's okay. And it's, it's worth having all of these things that are hard in your life. And actually in some ways they actually make you a very strong person or, you know, a, you know, a better, not a better person. I do That sounds bad, but like the people I know who live with right. diabetes, it's like this full-time job. And so like the stuff that people living with diabetes are doing on top of just having to live their life is like a lot. And so mm-hmm. I think two things here. One is that like, if we can help build community in that sense, um, that's amazing and we should be trying to do that that's what i love about like these summer camp programs i I, you know support um this camp called camp 10 oaks which is in ottawa which is a camp specifically for lgbtq either kids or like children of queer like parents um Mm -hmm. and again it's just like providing community to like people and and knowing that other people are going through things that are hard and also celebrating the things and and getting to know these other people um and and then yeah advocating for you know the government and the world to make it easier for us to it shouldn't be harder for us to have to live our lives we shouldn't be at a financial disadvantage in our life because we got a chronic disease i don't i fundamentally don't think that that's fair and so these are all the things i think it's community and then fundamentally like not being at a disadvantage um in our life like trans people shouldn't it shouldn't be harder for trans people to find housing you know um these are all just like basic human rights that we should have uh, my insulin. I, I don't even think I should have a copay on my insulin. I actually don't, Right. but like, I okay, don't think anybody great. should have a copay on their, on their insulin, you know? So these are all the things that sort of have drive me to do any of my advocacy work or any, you know, organizations that I want to donate to or anything like that. Like, I think that those are the two most important things is like equity and community, I think are the two most important things. And, you know, there's a lot of ways in which like this community, like Rob is a podcast and then kids are like, you know, not only does this, does this, these two groups, like there's such wonderful community in here, but I fundamentally believe there's so many people in this community who are also striving for the same like equity in the world as other people. Um, Some of the stuff that I've seen, like, you know, Rob, you know, um, be an advocate for when like, there's like things happening in the world and he's willing to, you know, I mean, let's talk about the pride of spoken. Like, you know, we, we were like, Let's have shirts, and can the shirts be donated to a good cause? And Rob immediately says, "Yes, I'm very happy to do that." You know, Um, I think that these communities fundamentally believe in the same things that I do, and they're a wonderful community. Temple. Yeah,
0: and I, I, I absolutely want to ask you about the community in a little bit, but something that, you know, I think maybe. Thinking out loud, because <laughs> I just had this realization as yeah. you were talking, is that I think like the beauty of pod friends um, and people sometimes say to me, they're like, oh, Matt, you should do an interview with yourself or have someone interview you or something. And yeah. I think the reality is like the part, the place where the conversations are the most fruitful is like where I kind of see something that maybe i connect with in my experience and then you know could kind of like dive deeper with that and the thing i'm connecting with with you is you know other than like this beautiful community which we'll definitely talk more about is like this thing where like you mentioned like type 1 diabetes and being trans and colitis and like there's like stacking these things on top of each other and then i think of like being a black person but then also yeah. a queer person yeah. and then also like i grew up with like horrible asthma but also still have like a horrible a death really deathly like nut allergy and that type Rhett. of thing which i also navigate like do you have a like a uh hierarchy of these things in your mind or like where uh- Some of them take priority over others because like one of the things I feel like I sometimes struggle with with all of these different things, which I guess you could call them identities or, you know, challenges is that it's like it's I find sometimes it's so hard to bring all of those heavy things into a space because we don't always see like even in the shows that we watch, we don't necessarily see like. The trans person with type 1 diabetes and colitis Mm -hmm. and like all of these things or we don't see like the black queer person who has like the nut allergy and you know all these other things right and so i like how do you navigate that Uh, asking for myself but also for others who probably are like you know like I, i always think of the people who i hear from who like relate to you know, they relate to one person's story in Pod Friends, then the next person, then the next person, but for yeah. different reasons. Like, how do you navigate that? It feels like a weird question, but no. maybe because I have no clue what the answer is personally.
2: No, I always, I I said this, like I've, I've made this joke to my friends sometimes where it's like, um, I wonder what, like I, I actually don't want to know the answer to, but I wonder if like every, if you asked everybody at my work, so like mm-hmm. say they have to like, Explain me to somebody who like somebody who kind of like needs their memory jogged and yeah. like, you know, Grace, the blank blank blank. Like <laughs> what are the blank blank blanks? Yeah. Um, you know, like uh you know oh, Grace, the trans diabetic in the corner, you know, you know Grace, you know. Uh, in the corner, you know yeah or i actually i do have like a corner i have like a corner cubicle uh oh, like, fancy. You know, yeah, yeah i know i know With, i'm sure uh, yeah <laughs> it looks like Quit park and and i can see this in the cn tower it's pretty cool uh, oh my no gosh. Deal. um yeah. or like yeah you know you know grace like uh the the witty podcaster so, you know like i like it's, yeah you have different people
0: yeah and it's
2: funny because i think that like as you were saying it i i think that like you know if my identities make up a pie chart i think that they fluctuate depending on where i am i mean i was mm-hmm. at um you know, I uh I was at a healthcare conference a few weeks ago where as part of my job, I'm like a representative of diabetes canada. And I feel like my type one diabetes, like when I'm there, uh is a is a much bigger chunk of my identity than it is when I'm am, am like with my friend. Actually, that's a tricky. a lot of my friends like I know from camp and I have type one diabetes. So like actually it yeah. plays a big chunk. Or like, you know, when I'm on the heart stopper pod, my yeah. my transness and queerness, I feel like play it's 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 it takes up more space than when I'm on, you know, the Shining Girls podcast, you know, whatever, whatever example, you know, I, I can give. And so I feel like I don't have like a hierarchy of, yeah. I think, my identities. I think that they are all important um uh, to, to me and they hold more weights at different times, depending on where I am. I mean, I've, I, you know, that's such like an a experience of like uh queer people, I think of like, yeah. Um, you know the like and i think you know black people as well there's like you know the yeah. the, the shifting of what your yeah. identity is uh depending yeah. on like who you're with um i feel like heavily like when i'm tra- like there's times where like i don't want to be known as a trans person because it's like just for my own safety yeah. uh it's easier um and so yeah my identities like shift and sway depending on who i'm with where i am um yeah what podcast i'm on yeah
0: like one of the things that i like really appreciate about you and your voice in this commu well in this community is that like you know and we've talked about this on the heartstopper podcast a bunch but like there are like it's so easy to like look out and see a group and like whether that's black people or people living with type 1 diabetes or trans people or like queer people or like whatever whoever it might be and you kind of like a lot of how a lot of these identities have been represented in media is just like trauma. And yeah. I feel like yeah. something that's really beautiful is that you also in like sharing your experiences, share like the beauty of those. But um before I even like move on from this like topic, I'd mm-hmm. love to know, like, uh, at least from your perspective, because I could like, I think when I, th- maybe I'll just stop in and say like, when I think about like, being black, there's so many beautiful, amazing things about that, and I'm like so thankful yeah. to be a black. Like, I believe it or not, Grace, I never have like the as as tough as things could be. I never have the thought that I'm like, oh man, I wish I were white, you know, yeah. and or like you know, even in being queer, I think that there's you know, there's a there are a lot of moments where, and we see this in the Heartstopper and talking about it, but you know, you kind of have to like there's sometimes grieving of a loss of like, oh, I don't get to have the life that like people assumed that I would have or told me I would have. But beyond that, like, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything that you just kind of want to like celebrate about yourself in the, in those identities in Mm. this moment or like anything that people don't see when it comes to, like navigating with those things because I, I ask this question because I don't want anyone to leave this podcast thinking like, Oh, look at grace. Look at how those, like those things suck. Because I've also heard you talk about how amazing, you know, the, the different like identities you carry are.
2: Yeah. I mean, for me, the thing again, like I'm just, you know, going to end up going back to like why I think community is so important. Is that like the best piece of all of the all of these like identities that I carry have been the way in which they've opened up doors for me to connect with people who I wouldn't have maybe otherwise connected. So like, mm-hmm. obviously like type one diabetes plays a huge role in that because you know, it like foundationally like camp is such a important piece of, of me. It's like, it was my first like job coming out of university. Um, you know, my, my best, one of my, my really good friends, I'm going to be at his wedding. Like we met at camp. Um, and so yeah again like i talk about like these people living with type 1 diabetes are like you know these incredible people i think that like you know um you know, it's not like that they're suffering through their life right it's like they just kind of have to do extra stuff that other people don't have to do and in many ways it's like you know the way i could like look at somebody and and you know be like uh we do like look at their plate of pasta and they can like do the math on how many carbs that means to like how much to know how much insulin they have to take there's a thing yeah. that like people with diabetes do all the time. So I just think like some of the people I've met through diabetes organizations have been some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. And then, you know, I think about like all the people I've got to connect with through like queer spaces and trans spaces. Um, Like, yeah, trans people and queer people are like incredible and amazing and are like breaking the mold of like, you know, heteronormativity. And like, you know, there's obviously a lot of stuff happening in the world right now that like people are trying to like protect that like cis heteronormativity. Um, yeah. But like, queer people are so awesome um like they're so awesome um and we bring like this unique perspective i think to the world because we're looking at the world in a way that like it wasn't exactly made for us and yet we're trying to figure out how to like make it work for us i think is like really cool so um yeah i've just met like you know the way we connected through a lot of the stuff that we've done like you know we, we actually like i think our first probably was like a wrestling was like a wrestling wrap up uh if i'm not forgetting something
0: yeah
2: on the line but then yeah Yeah. you came on pose and then we did heart stopper and like you know the things that we we can relate to that like other people can't relate to i don't mean to feel like exclusionary in that sense um you know don't make me go on a rant about how the a is not for ally Um (laughs) but uh you know it's just like we you and i have a connection that like you know non-queer people won't yeah won't understand you know and so yeah that's for me like the be- and even colitis like getting i've met a few people yeah. who uh you know it's just like the the openness in which we talk about like poop yeah. uh it's like that's something i had before you know yeah so yeah uh that's been the best thing about like all of these like things that like yeah they're like sometimes make my day harder uh and in many ways like i've got to meet a lot of cool people um and like i don't always believe that like like i don't believe that people should have to go through hard things but yeah. i also do believe that going through hard things can sometimes um you get things out of it occasionally cuz like mm-hmm. i i don't agree with the like you know everything's meant to happen you, you know i i don't yeah. fundamentally subscribe to either. that like if we can make not bad things happen to people that would be tremendous that would be great um but there's ways in which like i've had to go through things that i think have made me a better person on the other side of it so
0: yeah a superhero some might say no but yeah. i might say okay. uh, great it, 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 that's why we call you stella skews <laughs> that's right that's right yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh there's there's like so much that we've already touched on but i want to talk about this rhap psr community like what how did you mm-hmm. find this community. What's your origin story? And like, mm-hmm. I, I, don't only mean from like getting involved in the community, but yeah. also from the perspective of like, you know, that, that journey from like here, listening to the podcast to actually being on them and yeah. all of that fun stuff.
2: Yeah, so uh, I've always been a huge Survivor fan. It's like I think, I, like I don't think I've watched anything. Maybe wrestling. I've watched more wrestling than anything else in my life, but well, um, Survivor only because probably, there's like so there's so I know much there's like on a million yeah. hours of wrestling. Movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I have very fond memories of watching. You know, jumping in at some point in that first season. And you remember on the Sun, the finales used to be on Sunday, and my mom yeah. would, uh, we would have Sunday parties for the Sunday Survivor finale. So we'd have ice cream, and we'd buy things from like the bulk barn, gummy bears, and syrup, and all that fun stuff. And so Survivor just held like such an important piece of like, you know, it was a thing my family all watched together. And then we I kind of fell off of it. And when I was in university, I got back into Survivor. I believe the season I watched, uh, the first season I watched back was Gabon, uh, first season mm. of HD. I love that season, like such a soft spot for that season. And so I got back into it and then decided, like, oh, I need to watch everything I missed, and I'm actually gonna go back and rewatch everything. So I like slowly did the rewatch, and I was, you know, have not stopped watching since, and then around Season third, which was the season 31, I guess, which is the second chances season. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like seen like the Rob's, st- you know, like Rob as a podcast stuff, but it was the interviews with all the, the players like pitching themselves for second chances that made mm-hmm. me get really involved in uh, the Rob as a podcast world, listening to as many podcasts in a, in a week as, uh, as I could. And then when Rob as a podcast decided to come to Toronto for a live show, that's when I, uh, in order to make sure I would get tickets to the show, um, uh, became a patron to get early access and fell in love with the community. I did a lot of, you know, going back to games. I did a lot of like, uh, sort of like, you know, um, Secret H was big for a while. Yeah. Uh, doing some of that, uh, that stuff. Um, and then yeah, the class of 2020. Uh, Rob pitched it and I decided I was going to apply. But at the same time, there was this thing in the back of my head that said like, okay, if you don't get it, I kind of kept saying, Ooh, wouldn't that be like a dream to get the podcast on Rob as a podcast. And I thought to myself, well, if you don't get on, why don't you work towards maybe you get on in the future? And so get your reps in, you know, I've heard Rob talk about like, you know, the 10,000 hours uh, of it all. Um, maybe you just have to, you know, start a podcast. So I did this sort of like, if anybody's looking to do a rewatch podcast, where it seems to be hot, not like anybody wants to do something. And that's what Hudson uh mm-hmm. my good friend who was hold up reached out and was like i've had this idea of like watching old queer media and seeing it holds up and i was like that's so fun and we should call it hold up and <laughs> that was born and luckily at the same time rob like allowed me into the class of 2020 which i feel very uh privileged honor again that like anybody really wants to listen to me um it still kind of blows my mind i had this really great day where um I had done a Big Brother Canada podcast, a recap, and one of my coworkers, like, Teams messages me and it, like, calls me and is like, I'm listening to you on Rob as a podcast. How is that possible? I was like,
0: oh, my God. I don't
2: know. I don't, I don't know. And I kind of explained, like, that whole story. And they're like, this is wild that you're, like, on this podcast. I was like, yeah, that's, you know, I don't know. Um, So, yeah, it's been really cool. And then, you know, obviously, i did uh done a, a fair amount of stuff with Rob as a podcast, but I've always loved Scripted TV. And um, I don't know, I just sort of, I became a patron of the Posture Recaps Discord. I actually didn't listen to it. Th- uh, forgive me, Joshua, if you're listening to this. I didn't watch a ton of, listen to a lot of the podcasts that were on poster Recaps, but I really loved some of the stuff that Josh was promising as part of the patron program for poster Recaps. So he was going to do, you know, people would vote on movies and him and his, him and his wife, Emily, would watch them. And mm-hmm. there was just a bunch of stuff in there that I was like, that sounds interesting. And he launched the Discord and Discord has really become a place, especially during COVID, Uh, that's really become like, I'm on there a lot. Uh, I'm in there a lot, a lot. Uh, and you know, a lot of the stuff I've done, you know, camping, uh, you know, being a camp director, uh, you know, it's all about community. And so, you know, chatted with Josh and eventually sort of became uh, a moderator in there. And also, you know, um, I you know I just kept pitching stuff to Josh and he would say yes and so I I don't know why but he's continued to let me continue podcasting about stuff over on posture recaps and then yeah recently suggesting uh Rob did a call and he said I'm look you know I'd like to cover sports and I don't know how to do it and so yeah. uh not that he doesn't know how to do it but he was kind of looking for ideas and so I pitched him something and he said okay why don't you do it and I, said, I was pitching it actually as like I would listen to it right. um but uh, he was like no you you do it I you know so go for it. I trust you. And, uh, so that's been really cool. I've really loved that again. It's like for that, it's like diving into different communities. You know, we did an episode on hurling, this like Irish sport. We're just like yeah. talking about what that community is like Australian rules football. Uh, that's been like the fun of that stuff of like, it's, it's sports and community. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, and it's, it's interesting. Cause you, you, um, started to talk, you mentioned Josh Wiggler and Rob yeah. obviously, but yeah, like, well, does anyone stand out in your mind as you think about like people you, you've, you kind of met as you started that journey or people you've met along that journey that kind of have been, have been, uh, pivotal to your, you know kind of the place that you are now where you're everywhere you're literally like this like the week that this comes out there are probably i would guess like five different podcasts that people could hear you on um just like download that content and listen to who knows but yeah like yeah does anyone kind of jump out to you as like people who've helped form the journey
2: i mean it it I mean, both Rob and Josh, it's hard not to, you know, shout them them out as sort of like the two like patriarchs of of these of these two networks.
0: What would Um, you say your relationship is with each of them? I feel I'm curious about that, but also I feel like I wonder if I I, yeah, I I think something that uh, fascinates me is that um, I don't know. Like I always just wonder what people think, like goes on behind the scenes, or like if we have if we all have like potlucks together, which like obviously we don't because like we no. don't live in the same place, but also no. pandemic world. Um, but yeah, like what's that? I don't know. What do you? I think mean, about
2: th- it's pretty. Ca- I mean, it's pretty. Ca- it's nothing serious. I mean, like you know, me with Rob every once in a while to chat about you know the the podcast, and you know if he wants to have me on. It's you know he he. I think that they they're both so incredibly like down to earth people. They're not these yeah. like you know. You know, and I think that both of them from, again, like, I think the reason these communities have been so successful is because of their sort of ex- accessibility in a way. Like, the amount of stuff Rob is doing all the time to, like, be accessible to patrons is, like, incredible. Like, if you look at all the patron content, like, so much of it is about sort of getting access to, to him in a way. And um, and he, so he's incredibly down to earth. He's incredibly uh, nice. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, and, and, and Josh... I, you know, I, I really have become, I think, you know, a, a lot of the stuff I do is on Posture Recaps. And I, like, really can't, like, you know, say enough about how much, like, Josh, I think, he just sort of believed in me in a way that, like, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Um And I just, like, I, I vibe so much with Josh on about, you know, in terms of, like, being in that Discord and, and eventually becoming a moderator, like, on, like, what community means. Um, to people and we vibe on a lot of the um, a lot lot of similar things about um, you know if someone's speaking up it probably means there's other people who are thinking it and really Mm -hmm. wanting to make sure that like we're building inclusive space and you know some of these like the sentiments of like well if we can do that why wouldn't we do that in terms of like things that are about accessibility or equity and things like that um and yeah i mean it's uh ariel is another person uh my co-host i'm um, theater who i just adore him so much and uh um you know also shout out hudson who you know mm-hmm. we, we created hold up together um and that has been something that like as sort of other stuff has has come up we've been doing that less and less we haven't done that episode yeah. in quite a while but my first like you know podcast partner um in a way and and then yeah through Theater, like Ariel and I, you know, that was the first, like we do that every, not every week we've taken a few weeks off, but in terms of like, it's not like we're doing a show where there's a season. We've just, we've kind mm-hmm. of just been doing it since August. Um, and like, it's never, I've never even thought about the idea that like, oh, we're going to take a little bit of time off. I, I just love Ariel so much when he brings um uh to podcasting. His like I think he has a lot of that same like wants things to be fun energy, which I very much appreciate. Um yeah. so he's been great. I feel like this is so dangerous Matt because you've now like is there anybody you want to like shout out and I feel like this is like giving the oscar speech and you're so afraid you're gonna like forget like you know your partner's name or something like well there's no. too many people i think to, <laughs>
0: to name. no and i think that's i think it's interesting because like along the way at different points in your journey like you'll definitely think of different people like yeah i'm sure there's a point where like hudson's the first person that you think yeah. about or you know and and uh i i appreciate you indulging me with that question because i was like how's grace gonna handle this landmine who's mm-hmm. gonna be listening i know we'll, uh will just at least be listening and be like you didn't mention me in the po- uh, bond podcast Our James
2: Bond? you know we only did a few of them because kind of yeah. like we ended up thinking that it made more sense. you know we did a few up uh, we kind of had people vote on on different eras of bond and then the new one came out and then it kind of felt like all right the movie's out and like are people clamoring for bond content? I don't think so. I think when there's another bond thing, I would love to get back on the mic with Jessica lee's But like, I feel so fortunate that like, if I just run through sort of like the people I have been able to either just like be on a podcast, like, um, uh, man, I don't know if Taron Armstrong would be a fairly intimidating person. I don't I know if you've talked
0: about this before.
2: Yeah. Uh, I always remember Rob saying he, he's always kind of a bit like a cat. Uh, that you're like you know if you meet a cat hat you're not really sure and I've been really appreciative of like I feel like I don't know whether this is true or not but feeling like I broke the ice with Taryn was like uh, a really great moment getting to be on some of the Big Brother podcasts um, with Taryn getting to do Pose with Zed um, like right now I've been doing uh, Shining Girls with like Dr. Amanda uh, and, and Melissa are both like incredible podcasts I do a lot of stuff with Rich Filiberto who like has been such a great support Person for me over the last few years as well. So like, there's so many people to name, but I feel like um, one of the things I've loved getting to do is I love I love a podcast format where it's it's co-hosts. So with Heartstopper, we did this where it was like you and me, and then every once in a while you bring on like the third.
0: There person you
2: know. <laughs> and i love when those two people have never podcasted before it's one yeah. of my absolute treats is to like play a little bit of matchmaker um like i think when you podcasted with you had, the first podcast you ever did was zed was a post podcast right where you came on yeah uh, for pose uh we recently did some stuff with winning time where it was like i was podcasting with jason was, jason's also incredible i need to shut up jason um yeah. mari I mean, there's too many people man i can't stop
0: i know you. No, I'm gonna say, oh, stop, Grace, yeah. stop. You're, mm-hmm. you're. I, I know you want to shout out a lot yeah. more yeah. people, but you don't. Yeah. You can't just stay here shouting people out. This is, yeah. but I, I think that this is kind of cool. You know, it's, uh, this is just a nice, wholesome podcast where I think people could kind of see one. I have like said this a ton of times, but I think a lot of people could see themselves in in you for a variety of reasons, which I think is like the beautiful part about this community. I'll also mention as a side note, and you mentioned wrestling as like the first time we podcasted, but actually the first time where I was like, who's this Grace character? Was actually when I was watching like it must have been Big Brother22 and you were podcasting with Taryn. I'm sure it was like Taryn and Rob and whoever. Yeah. And I remember, uh, hearing your, hearing your, um, your, um, CG, your, I think it was your, your CGM, your continuous glucose model.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like noise things, whatever I totally probably butcher that but No, like, it's oh, Grace has diabetes and some of yeah. my best friends have diabetes and like yeah. connect in that way and so I feel, I think I it's, feel like uh, it's yeah. a very
2: funny story I think I've explained it probably on like a pod or two but like if you don't know me like you I, but I feel like if you've heard me on a podcast you have definitely heard my like insulin pump make noise which is basically yes. my insulin pump is telling me something about my diabetes like it's mm-hmm. either telling me like oh your blood sugar is a little bit high I'm going to give you some insulin oh your blood sugar is dropping a little bit like whatever it's like telling me something um, mm-hmm. but I feel like like yeah the first time i one of the first times I ever i think the first time i ever podcasted somebody said like oh my gosh it's so cool that there's like a diabetic podcast yeah like, how did you know that and they're like i heard your pump in the background Same. and so i do feel like <laughs> it is kind of a fun little easter egg calling card um in my i hope people don't get annoyed by it but my response is and i think josh wiggler told me this once. So i was like uh if people are complaining about your life-saving device i think they'll have to like check themselves so um i'm sorry if it annoys you but it's also saving my life so oh my gosh no um,
0: first of all uh to borrow from heart uh grace don't stop say you have to say you're yeah. sorry stop apologizing please i do
2: i am canadian i do love saying sorry i
0: do sorry 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 sorry, sorry. 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 very canadian this
2: is a Canadian accent
0: I feel like your stories know. are very Canadian, but other Sorry. than that, I mean, you do give yeah, Canadian, but you give big Canadian energy is what okay. I'd say. B.C. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little too funny. Uh, no, just, anyway, like, I think something I want to know about you, because like, we're kind of getting to that sad point in time yeah. where I have to, where I'm like stalling and spinning the wheels so we can keep yeah. going, even yeah. though, you know, I, I, uh I. I've loved to like ask this question to people and not even like, I don't even know. I think I've asked it honestly, Chris. I don't remember half of what I ask people in interviews. That's, it's just, I go fun. on more on vibes. I go more yeah. on vibes, but I kind of, I want to ask you something um, that's kind of just like big picture looking at your life and at your story a little bit. Nothing, yeah. no pressure, nothing intimidating. Yeah. And you know, a question I love to ask people is like, if your life were a book or documentary, what would the title be and why? And I, I just love to hear what people say, but, um, I know that this might be challenging. I wonder, do you have a response to that question? I don't want to put you on the spot as a chronic overthinker, but also as a chronic overthinker, the, the which title, I kind of am, you might, you'll, you, you probably have this figured out already.
2: The title of my book or documentary. I, yeah. I think, I mean, there's like a bunch of, you could have a bunch of puns on, on my name. So, you know, uh, a little bit of, give yourself a little bit of grace, Amazing. you know, oh, okay. uh, yeah. you know, that's, oh. yeah, that's probably it. Right. Uh, uh, cause <laughs> then like people, you know, and then when you buy the book, you're giving yourself a
0: little bit of grace. Right. That's good. Right. Is that's that good? like a, it works on a lot of levels actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, that's see, Yeah. Look at that. Good oh. grace.
2: Good grace. <laughs> Thank you, good. good. Yeah, you have others. You know. you just
0: No, love. that's it. I think you're known for yeah. your wit and your uh, your I don't what other words did people use your wit, your quickness, yeah. and all of the things. So if I get very
2: I got very alarmed once. I was in a meeting and I made some. It was a very serious meeting. Where, like not serious, but it was like a it was like a lot of people in the room, like vice presidents, executive directors, all these people yeah. and. Uh, I made some joke and I remember someone saying like, you always know, you know, you always know it's a uh, Grace is in a meeting when there's a joke. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's good that like in front of all the VPs and the executive directors, you like, you just totally stall out my entire career because I'm just going to only be known as the jokester. Um, but uh-huh. I, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah. But give, give, give yourself a little grace, you
2: know? Give yourself a little grace. Yeah. See, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, right? It yeah. is pretty good. I'm sure it's already a book. So
0: yeah, you know, Grace, there's like, We've talked a lot about kind of like your a lot of things that relate to you in this community. I think that something that's like tough is talking about things that like are that y- people haven't heard you talk about because you've talked about so much. Uh-huh. But I, I am kind of curious about like advice you have for people. If there's like wisdom you have to share with people in the community in in any sense, because there's so much that we all already kind of get to learn from you and you know gain from you in terms of navigating this world in terms of the all of the different topics we've talked about but i wonder like is do you have any like damn i'm not great with the puns i was looking for a grace pun there uh do you have any like uh, um, any yeah. uh, nuggets of uh not wisdom damn couldn't get um, the grace pun in there or the that's leader okay. one any leadership
2: (laughs) advice hop aboard the leadership um (laughs) that could be another book title name if you want um so uh you know I I, you know I I used to be like you know um preparing I used to give this I feel like I used to give this advice a lot which is like it can't hurt to say it It can't hurt to ask which is a thing I've done I feel like a lot of like you know the success I've had in the in the podcasting community and getting is like, because I've been willing to ask uh, for things. But I, I also want to caveat that with like, yeah you have to like set yourself up to be in a position where like, if you get told no, uh, you'll be okay. Um, yeah. And whether that's just like being in the right headspace to know like, okay, I'm going to ask this thing and I'll be okay if I get told no, um, or having a friend you can go vent to if somebody, you know, tells you no, or he says maybe not all of that thing, but some of that thing, you know, because I feel like a lot of the success I've had um, in a lot of places is, is is by kind of like going for it, just doing it. I can be, because i'm an overthinker there's a lot of ways in which i can also be very impulsive because i do the thing before my brain can tell me why that's a bad idea like it's like a a survival mechanism that i i i did uh i've done a lot in my life and so um for in many ways in my life i've been very lucky and that has like worked out and in other ways it like didn't work out and the times where it didn't work out and then it sucked was when i like didn't put all the things in place before I like took the step. Like, I think it's very important in life to like take the leap. I'm a big believer. It's a huge camp philosophy of like, you have to step outside your comfort zone. You know, like you don't need to be like miles away from your comfort zone, but it is good to like step outside your comfort zone. Um, But like, you don't like, you know, you know, when I tell kids like, okay, you can climb that rock. Well, you're, I know you're afraid of heights, but like, you can do this. Uh I don't send them up without a harness, you know, uh-huh. I don't send them up without like me being there the whole time to like talk to them. So like, you know, I think that that for me was really uh important advice in terms of like, yeah, it's, you have to take leaps sometimes and like go for it and be an advocate for yourself. There's a lot of ways in which like, you know, we talk back back about identities. Like there are ways in which like, people will not be advocates for me. I'm the only trans person at my work. So like I have to be an advocate in mm-hmm. terms of like, and it'd be great if like my allies uh were advocates for me. And sometimes they yeah. are, but sometimes they don't actually know what to ask for. And so I have to do that myself. Yeah. But it's important to like set yourself up so that like, if you get told no, or you get met with resistance or whatever, that like you either like have the tools to be able to function or like, you can move forward no like if you're advocating for yourself about something that you you think is like crucial to to have and somebody says no and it's also important to like figure out okay, then what do I do when I get told no? What do I do next if I really, really believe um, in this thing? That I really yeah. think it should happen, you know. Um, and then the other piece of advice uh, sorry, I'm gonna like do you know this is, this is yeah. Yeah,
0: this is the point okay. we want. I want to hear from you,
2: okay? Somebody, a friend of mine told me once I'm, I, I'm an overthinker, right? Matt, so my friend mm-hmm. was complaining to me one time, and I said, uh, they probably like you know somebody said something shitty was, they probably didn't mean that And my friend said i'm really sorry but actually the reason i vented was because i wanted mm. someone to be able to say like wow that's 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 shitty uh and i remember yeah. one time i called my mom and i was complaining about this thing and she was like well you could do a b or c and i was like i know i can do a b and c but all of a b and c are like more work and i'm upset that i have to do a b and c yeah and uh and i was like i just wanted to call and for you to say Ah, that really sucks. And my mom has yeah. since like, you know, uh used that like as like re-reference that to me of like, I'll like complain about something or she'll be complaining about something. And she like, I guess I just wanted to call so that you would say, Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry you had a bad day, you know? Um, and so like as somebody who's an overthinker, if you're an overthinker is out there, sometimes your friends just want you to be like, Ah, I'm sorry, that sucks. I don't have a solution yeah. for you, but that sucks. Uh, yeah. you know, or maybe they do want a solution and then you can help them figure it out. But you know, sometimes yeah. somebody just wants somebody to vent, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's that's like that's actually a really interesting point, even thinking about, you know, a lot of what we've talked about, because as like as advocates, like that's definitely one thing that I would say Links us, you know, in this world other than RHAP and other things that we've talked about, just, you know, sometimes there's this tendency to want to like fix things or offer help or like raise your hand and say, like, okay, like here's what my solution would be. And it's funny, I've had that same exact thing with my mom. And I had to have a conversation with her once where I was bending to her about, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember exactly where we were. We were like in the car and I turned to her. You know, I've always known my mom as someone who is like the fixer. My dad, my dad was always and he my dad passed away like 5 years ago, but mm. my dad was always like the one who would be more of like the oh that's rough, but you could do it kind of type of thing. My mom right. very much like goes to the practical advice. And I remember once turning turn being like, you know, sometimes i like you as my mom i just i don't like i don't i i want you to be there as as a parent or as my mom and like maybe less uh as like someone i could look to for business advice or work advice or life advice in that way and so i Mm -hmm. think that's really deep i think that's really deep and powerful do you know the Um, thing
2: i was complaining about i'm 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 a millennial and i don't own a I don't own a printer and I had a prescription I don't either. It was a new prescription. And I would like, went to the pharmacy. I'm like, I just have this email of my prescription. And they're like, no, you have oh to God. print it out. And I was like, I don't yeah. have anywhere to print it out. It's like, whatever. And so I went home and I was like, call my mom. And she's like, well, yeah. my, you could go to Staples. And I was like, no, I know, I know I could go to Staples, but it's yeah. annoying that I have to go to Staples when I just like, want to get this like medication that I need uh, for my, for my colitis. You know, I just want, I just want it. Uh, can't you know whatever and it's like you know i was just like i don't have a printer and i was like well you should have a printer or you could go to staples or whatever and i was just like i know it's i just like, wanted no, you to you say shouldn't. yeah i just wanted you to say oh that's really annoying that you have to do like the extra steps you know
0: i'm fired up about this now and i'm not going to go into it but i have i've had like similar issues that related to my mom and thankfully by the point i complained to her about my printer my millennial not having a printer issue. She was, she didn't offer advice. She kind of just understood how ridiculous it was that you have to print things in 2022. But, but you know, something that I want to kind of, as like, as we get closer to the end, the point where we have to say goodbye, Mm -hmm. I just want to ask you, Grace, you know, you've given us your wisdom. You've, Mm -hmm. uh, you, you had a great leader pun that I'm not even, remembering. but uh, I want to ask like, just where things, you know, I know that, yeah, you're you're on your journey. You're going ahead on it. And I just want to ask like are there any goals or things you kind of want to put out into the universe on like where you're headed or where you want to be? No time limit on that one. But yeah. I'm you curious know, because like the people yeah. want to know and they want to also support you in that.
2: Um you know, I I you asked you you asked me this question and you gave me time to think about it. And I didn't. I really don't know if I have a, a, a goal. This is like, I feel like this sounds kind of silly to think like, yeah, I'm just sort of like floating rudderless, but I don't know that I have, um, I have goals. I'm a little bit in my life have always been, you know, it's funny for as much as I love routine and consistency, sometimes I, I want to break up that routine and consistency and yeah. I don't, I don't want to go with no routine. I want to develop a new routine. Mm-hmm. that i that i want instead uh my grandmother uh i remember the story uh where um my grandmother loves to move furniture and so when it's thundering outside we always imagine uh <laughs> that that is my grandmother mo- so, rearranging the furniture cool. um so yeah you would often come up i don't really know my grandmother i i uh, she passed away when i was very young uh-huh. um but she loved to rearrange the furniture
0: yeah. and
2: to me that like you know the way i connect with that is that like yeah i i I'm, I'm not gonna get rid of all my furniture but if i rearrange it and it like feels new and different like that's fun for me that's like the level of change that i like in my yeah. life. and so there's t- two things here is one is i'm kind of always a little bit like i am kind of looking for something new and different and that's part of like that's one thing you know about my identity that i didn't say i also have add um so i you know um you know, there is ways in which like the routine also like does help me um yeah. in that sense because I don't get sidetracked. But um, you know, I'm constantly looking, okay, what's the next show that's coming or you know, whatever. Um, but the other thing I've really liked, I mean, the off speed podcast, and then I have a couple uh I mean, The Pride has spoken is a good example, and yeah. I believe there'll be a podcast coming out on the posture recaps patron feed um next month, the when this drops, which um is a totally different format than anything I've ever done before. Oh. Um, where we are not going to, uh, watch a show and recap it. We are going to explore topics. So, um, you know, okay, well, uh, when I know that thing I was saying earlier about like how, how TV and media can reflect culture. It's like a yeah. huge thing that I'm like super interested in. So like, um, are anti, do people want anti heroes at the moment? I think no, because like we've had years and years, uh, recently in north america of pretty terrible people getting away with stuff and i think that people Mm -hmm. are kind of like i don't want walter white i don't want don draper i want ted lasso i want the nice guy i want the guy who does good things and tries really hard and kind of struggles with that i don't want like meth selling walter white you know and so we're exploring this podcast it's like about ideas and topics so like what makes a good book adaptation What's the best summer movie? Uh, this kind of stuff that like I'm excited to in our little world sort of break up the format of of some of this stuff, but not with everything. I, I love, you know, what we did with Heartstopper and, and what we're doing. Yeah. With a bunch of other podcasts, but yeah. um, getting to sort of play around with the format of, of podcasts and dig a little bit you know, into some of these uh, conversation pieces that I think are really interesting. Um, I would love to, you know, uh, fo- maybe follow in a little bit of Karen's footsteps. I don't think I have the capacity in the moment with a full-time job to do Twitch, but like YouTube videos are an, an area that I would like to uh, explore. I'm a big games person. And I thought that uh, there were some people who were doing some really cool stuff at the beginning of COVID. That was really interesting um, and compelling stuff in terms of like reality TV players playing uh, games and things that I would, you know, I'd be interested in like, game night uh like a youtube channel game night so like there's some stuff i've explored um yeah and you know earlier i mentioned i feel like one of my skill sets is being good with with kids uh entertaining children i would like to when the world opens up a little bit it feels safer uh, to start doing some more volunteering in that space and especially about queer with the queer and trans youth um yeah. because that's like i spent a lot of my life um my career was supporting children with type one diabetes, which I think is hugely important, but you know, if I can sort of provide some of that same stuff, I got to provide for kids with type one to queer and trans kids. um, I think that would be really cool. So, I mean, like I don't have these like huge, like, you know, things that I can like quantify that i will like, you know, if I do this thing in five years, I'll, I'll do it. But I have some like things that I would like to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea of moving the furniture around as like this broader metaphor for life and, you know, just shaking things up and doing things differently. And like, there's a lot that stays the same slash a lot that won't change. Like you get an example of having type one diabetes and then being like, okay, I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do. And it's like, okay, you have to keep doing that. Right. Yeah. Um, But you know, I, in that spirit, Kind of as we wrap up, uh, I kind of want to give it to you, Grace. You're a you're a consummate professional and mm. a and a profound podcaster. I kind of want to give it to you to wrap us up, and I don't know. You know, maybe it's something deep you want to say. Maybe there's a game that you want to wrap this <laughs> up with. Maybe you want to wrap. <laughs> I was like, that might be a little complicated and involved. Yeah, that's pressure. Um, yeah. Maybe there's a joke that you would uh, tell to or something you would say to the children. I do have a baby face, so maybe mm. you could like really see the kids in 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 this in this right. But like, you know, I want to kind of hand it to you to like wrap hmm. it up and do the. I- Pod thing.
2: Do you know what, Matt? I do. If this is if I don't do if I don't execute this one well, I think you have to cut it. But I used to do this bit. So one of my favorite things about camp was Uh campfires. Uh huh. And Uh, campfires were kind of you know we we would sing silly repeat after me songs and play stupid games. And I loved. I mean, I love campfire. It's like you know, um, again, that thing of like getting to entertain people and like being in front of people. I remember this one time, me and my friend Tom. Um, who like, I don't know if Tom's ever going to listen to this, but Tom is one of my favorite people in the entire world. Met him at summer camp. Mm-hmm. He's from uh, Liverpool. Uh, oh. he's, he's, uh, an incredible, incredible person. Um, who is just, we vibed so much on like what we were getting out of camp. Um, and he's just the best. And so Tom and I would often like, uh, just sign up to do campfire, just the two of us, and we just do campfire for an hour and then we'd lose our voice the next day. But I used to have this bit that I would do. It's like this sort of long form joke that if you would like, we could reenact it. And I need you to play the role of um, person. You're calling me and you uh, you want to speak with shoes. OK, you know, speak to my shoes. I got, it. Bit.
0: got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Uh hello hello?
2: You didn't even you didn't even do a it, ring. You didn't even do a well, ring.
0: ring <laughs> oh, uh, hold on. Br- bring bring mm. ring, bring bring yes. ring. Yes. Ring, yes, hello. Yes. Ring. Hello? Ring. Oh. oh, hey. Uh hey. may I please speak to shoes?
2: Oh, you to? Oh, hey Matt. Hey, how you, oh, you want to speak to shoes? To shoes, yes. You're talking my shoes. Um Give me, uh, give me, give me a sec. I'll just get, I'll get shoes. Yeah. And I'll then wait, I'm, just, and then I'm, uh, so I did the fake phone, which like, mm-hmm. uh, I did the like aloha fake phone, which did you know that kids these days actually do a full hand, but that's not story. Um, what? so then I'm putting the oh. phone down and pretending to put my hand over the bottom of the speaker, uh, because I'm then going to call to shoes down the hall, uh, shoes, uh-huh. shoes, shoes. Yeah, it's for you. Shoes. Don't stick your tongue at me. Shoes shoes come on you gotta answer it's Matt. he wants to i don't know what he wants to talk about I, no crocs it's not for you it's never for you crocs shoes just pick up the phone it's just i don't know it's it's you don't wanna answer, you're not gonna answer what do you have no soul come on shoes come shoes okay i'll tell but this is the last time hey matt yeah i'm here yeah uh they're all tied up right now it's the whole joke right that's the whole bit that's the that's the uh, bit is that the shoes are tied up right now uh, so yeah, I just do that. I can Yeah.
0: <laughs> Damn it, Grace. <laughs> it's just stupid.
2: I, I, it's just stupid. But it, you know,
0: it's the best. I think that's a good note to end this podcast on. I really don't even. I can't go on. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say though to wrap it up? Because I could no. just cut it there. But
2: you know what? Anything? Anything? No, I I appreciate you. I'm, I'm I again. I'm like, can't believe that like people requested uh, me to come on. That you chose Tons to of have me on the podcast i really appreciate you and the and what you do in in our little community and uh, pod friends is so great it's so fun um yeah i mean i think just people be kind to uh each other uh you know uh people just trying to live their lives you know uh so yeah just be kind and uh yeah, chat with chat with me about any of the things that I like to talk about and and or not sometimes I like to hear about what people are interested in so yeah uh, I really appreciate you having me on this is so much fun
0: thank you so much everyone for listening to my conversation with grace and I just love talking with grace in general I love how We're able to talk about serious things and funny things and shenanigans and camp and games and just all of the the above. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about Grace is that she is everything. Like she brings so much of herself to this world. And if there's one thing I could plug, especially because it's so current and present on RHAP, it's that you check out The Pride Has Spoken the podcast series that I'm working on with grace and releasing this month. Um, there's a lot more exciting stuff coming up in terms of conversations between Evie and former survivor players. And even with some of the RHAP queer podcasters. And so check it out and, Um, definitely let let Grace know and I guess let me know that you're checking it out Um, and so without further ado again just want to thank the the RHAP team for helping this come together and as I wrap up this outro not an intro but an outro I just want to say next week's episode is going to be really thrilling and I hope that you check it out but as I say at the end of each and every one of these episodes